Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. This is Johnny Tan, author of From My Mama's Kitchen, Food for the Soul, Recipes for Living. Welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk radio show. My guest for this morning is Christian Grace McGrath. Christian Grace is an internationally recognized author and speaker on health and lifestyle. She is an authority on autoimmunity and functional blood chemistry analysis, thyroid and gut health, alleviating pain, and using food as medicine. Kristen Grace offers more than two decades of education, clinical experience, and wisdom to her patient, weaving dozens of modalities together. Her mind, body, and spirit approach to healthcare empowers them to revitalize and reconnect to their most brilliant self. Kristen Grace and I will be having a conversation about her remarkable life's journey and how you can transform yourself into the healthy, vibrant you from her recently released book, Holistic Cato for Gut Health, a program for resetting your metabolism. Good morning, Kristen Grace. A very happy new year to you and welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. Good morning, Johnny. Thank you so much for having me. Wonderful. It is a pleasure to have you on the air with me. Holistic Cato for Gut Health is an amazing book. It is beautifully designed, very thorough, and I might add, with plenty of delicious recipes. Congratulations on that. Oh, thank you. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Wonderful. Let us start by getting to know you a little bit better. Please give us a quick walkthrough of your life from childhood to the present moment. (laughs) Just and we have the whole hour, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll start with um, this picture that I've had in, in my clinic of me when I was two. And mm-hmm. in this picture, I am using my aunt's stethoscope to take my grandmother's pulses on her forearms. And I knew that a stethoscope was supposed to be used to to listen to someone's heart on their chest, mm-hmm. but I was really drawn to doing this on some on my grandma's forearms. And mm-hmm. later, as an adult, I learned that that's where the Tibetan doctors take pulses. And I've I just always knew the first thought I had was that I would be some kind of doctor. I would I would help people. Mm-hmm. And my whole life seemed geared in that direction. And I I. In high school, I was taking college courses, preparing for uh, medical school, and I was pre-med at the University of Arizona, and so committed to this particular path that I wanted to be a heart surgeon, and then I wanted to be a pediatrician, and I was just so excited to devour information about the physical body so that I could understand the mechanics of it and better help people. And then, Johnny, I got really sick myself. And I had debilitating pain and fatigue. I would feel like I had been run over by a Mack truck every morning. And I would have trouble sleeping. And then I would need to sleep for 14 hours. And I would have these muscle 
spasms and trigger points all over my body and my balance was off and I gained 30 pounds and I would get dizzy and have migraine headaches. It was horrible. And I was young. I was 20, 21, and this started happening. And I had been a competitive bodybuilder. I had been vegetarian and vegan. I was an endurance athlete. I was so healthy. And physically, if you looked at me, I looked really healthy. But I wasn't. Mm -hmm. There were things going on inside my body that I didn't understand. And none of the doctors I, I went to could understand or identify the root. I went mm -hmm. from doctor to doctor looking for answers, and they kept sending me to therapists. They're like, this is in your head. Nothing's wrong. <laughs> and my therapist would say, well, clearly there's something wrong. Go back to your doctor. <laughs> and it was frustrating, <laughs> but I was so committed to, to solving this mystery of mm -hmm. what was going on in my body. And I needed to switch my thinking quite a bit and needed to look at my life and my body and the world around me through different lenses. The mm -hmm. current way of being um, wasn't working for me. I was a type A. I was an overachiever. I was go, go, go. I was working very, very hard in school while also working multiple jobs to pay for it and to you know, be self-sufficient. I didn't have uh, that kind of mm -hmm. support from my family, so I needed to do it on my own. And it really took a toll on me. The bodybuilding that I had done took a toll on me. I had had some accidents that had impacted my physical structure. Being mm -hmm. vegan and vegetarian left me uh, quite deficient in many ways. I, w I had right. two different kinds of anemia. And I, I went to a chiropractor who sent me to an acupuncturist who I began doing Qigong and I went to someone who did advanced mm -hmm. cranial sacral therapy and I started to peel off these layers. I had um, some blood work done and interpreted in a very different way than standard Western medicine looks at it. And mm -hmm. uh, we discovered I had a couple of deficiencies. Now the person sharing that was still learning. And so it wasn't as in-depth as I understand it could be now, but it was very helpful. And I started to peel off the layers and mm -hmm. heal. And I did receive a diagnosis eventually of fibromyalgia. And mm -hmm. that, that label that was stuck to my forehead, yeah. I, I then had to peel it off. I was relieved at first, you know, oh, yay, mm -hmm. I, mm -hmm. I'm not crazy. This is something real. A rheumatologist diagnosed me. And then I got to peel off that label and say, no, I will not have this forever. My body can heal. Where are the blocks that are preventing it from healing? And what do I need to give it to support it, to empower it, to do what it knows how to do best? which is right. find balance. Right. And, and I did. And I decided then to change from Western medicine to Asian medicine and functional medicine and mm -hmm. homeopathy and advanced cranial sacral therapy and all the things that I, I share today. Very, very interesting. I know that it started off by sort of accident, I guess, the fact that you were not feeling well, uh, in terms of the total person, you, and so forth. And then, of course, the curiosity side of the equation led you to investigate and getting things done and being having a type A personality certainly kick it into overdrive. So how did that 
whole experience help shape and contribute to your passion in life today? Mm, yes. Although it was very, very, very challenging. Mm-hmm. It it helped shape my view of the body's ability to heal. Mm-hmm. And it helped shape my perspective of how I work with other patients and how I see them as whole, healthy individuals. So what I learned through those experiences and then all of my training is that the body speaks the mind. Mm-hmm. And the unconscious mind runs about 95 to 98% of everything we do say, think, feel. Mm-hmm. And I had a lot of unresolved trauma that led me, led my body to speaking very loudly to pay attention to things I didn't understand to pay attention to back then. And none mm-hmm. of my doctors understood to pay attention to back then. That has greatly informed and inspired a very comprehensive, holistic approach to healthcare mm-hmm. that I now continue to live in my own life and also mm-hmm. share with my patients so they get better very quickly. Very, very interesting. What is the definition of good health then? Mm-hmm. I believe that good health, vibrant health, is being able to find balance and resiliency in a world that can be quite chaotic. And health is not only the absence of disease, which is something Mm -hmm. I write about in in my books, Mm -hmm. it's also the inclusion of energy, vibrancy, having a sparkle in your eye, healthy weight, a calm mind, a peaceful way of being in the world. And when things go crazy, you implement tools then to Mm -hmm. connect to your higher self, to stay balanced and grounded and find your reset point. Now, it doesn't mean you never have an upset moment, but it means that you know how to work with it so that it doesn't run your life, so that you're Mm -hmm. not constantly triggered. So health, I believe, is a combination of a balanced body, mind, and soul. In a, in a world where we have many different kinds of relationships and relational practices, whether it's with our boss or our loved ones or the cashier person at the grocery store, and it's also part of being in harmony with the elements as in Asian mm-hmm. medicine, the five elements, or in Native American medicine, the four elements. So health is an embodiment practice of integrating various tools that we acquire to remain grounded and and balanced and connected to ourselves and each other and the world around us. Wonderful. Can you explain how food is medicine? Mm -hmm. Yes, it's something I learned in Asian medical school. I was beginning to understand it when I was vegan and vegetarian and as a competitive Mm -hmm. bodybuilder and endurance athlete, food was important. 
And, you know, if I was training for a show in competition, I would really, really decrease my caloric intake and increase my exercise <laughs> to drop a lot of weight and cut up. And, you know, I was mm -hmm. understanding how to use food to look differently. But I didn't right. quite understand how to use food to be healthy. I didn't understand that eating 600 calories a day and working out for three hours wasn't maybe as healthy as it could be. Or drinking a bunch <laughs> of diet soda maybe wasn't um, really healthy, <laughs> even though it didn't right. have calories. Right. <laughs> and, so it, and then entering Asian medical school, I took classes and, and began to understand that food is actually medicine and that we put these phytochemicals, these plant-based nutrients or animal-based uh, proteins, amino acids into our body for a very specific reason, for mm -hmm. to detoxify, to fuel our metabolism, to uh, empower, to support uh, tissue repair as uh, antioxidants come in and, and help support um, healthy systems uh, that are causing oxidative stress just naturally from our metabolism. We have free radicals being produced and we get antioxidants from our food. It's actual chemical medicine to counter the oxidative stress, which causes rapid aging. So our food can actually <laughs> decrease aging and, and inflammation and all sorts of things that I, I began to be inundated and fascinated and excited by food in a totally different way mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. began to get creative with it and play with it. And I also learned in Asian medical school that food has various properties that Western medicine doesn't talk about very much. Now, Western medicine talks about the nutrients and the vitamins and the right. minerals of food and the amino acids, but they don't necessarily understand the properties. But it's quite simple. If a food is cold, then the property is often cold and it can be cooling mm -hmm. in the body. If something is spicy and hot, it can be warming to the body. And we experience this when we <laughs> eat food. So it wasn't a stretch to go there. And I mm -hmm. began to play with those uh, qualities of food and use them to work with what was going on in my own body and then in the patient, in my patient's bodies and it works. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I remember thinking, gosh, if more physicians, if the system, the Western medical system uh, understood and used food as medicine, how much more empowering that might be to patients rather than just popping pills to treat symptoms. It, it just felt like people could begin to take more control and have more um, influence over their own lives and, and their own bodies and health if they used food in a different way. And so I began teaching, educating mm -hmm. my patients and then other Asian medical practitioners and students about, about food as, as medicine and, and how to use it and play with it as such. Very, very interesting. You talk a lot about autoimmunity in your book. What is autoimmunity? Mm, yes. Autoimmunity is a little bit of an oops, a mistake, 
that your immune system does. Now, I don't want to say it's a bad mistake because I think we think, oh, mistakes are horrible. We shouldn't do mistakes. We should aim for perfection. But this Mm -hmm. oops is usually inspired or informed by very poor lifestyle and nutritional choices as well as environmental factors. I'll get into those in a moment. But Mm -hmm. autoimmunity is when your immune system mistakenly starts to attack your own body. And it could be a tissue or a gland, your bones, your brain, your thyroid, your the insulin cells of your pancreas, your cerebellum of your brain, your myocardial peptides of your heart. Uh, it could be all sorts of things, your joints, your cartilage. And about mm, 75% of your immune system stems from your gut. And if your gut is not very healthy and has issues like leaky gut or you get gas and bloating or you have constipation or, or diarrhea or irritable bowel syndrome or Crohn's disease or environmental allergies, all sorts of things, you're exposed to chemicals, it, it shows me you have gut issues. And if you're eating foods that you may be sensitive to and you don't know it, we call those hidden food sensitivities, that will definitely lead to gut problems, leaky gut and other challenges. And this can then cause your immune system day after day, year after year to not work properly and accidentally turn against itself. Although it's not totally an accident because it's been taught to do that over Mm -hmm. time by food choices and lifestyle choices and also unconscious belief patterns and unconscious strategies of protection. We get hardwired from our family of origin to Mm -hmm. believe certain things about ourselves and the world around us and to act a certain way and think a certain way. And those thoughts can also make us sick. And so there's that component as well. Very, very interesting. The concept of in the end, we live in a closed system. Our body is a closed system, and you cannot create order without creating disorder somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. How did, how did our gut become our other brain? Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, I I think it just science woke up to it. Mm-hmm. I think it's always mm-hmm. been our other brain, but it's just more recent that we're acknowledging it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, we make more neurotransmitters, for example, serotonin, in our gut than our brain. A lot of people don't understand that. The enteric nervous system is the nervous system of your gut, of your digestive Mm -hmm. system. And there are more connections going from your gut, from your digestive system, up to your brain, giving your brain information from your gut than there are from your brain going down to your gut. And what Western science has shown 
is that if the central nervous system is cut off from the gut, the enteric nervous system still functions without being governed by the nervous system. And that was new. That was a new mm-hmm. discovery. We thought the central nervous system ran everything. And we thought every part of our body was dependent upon it. And then we discovered that's not totally true. And so the our gut informs a lot of what happens in our entire body, almost like our brain does. Mm-hmm. Very interesting and and it can and it and so it biochemically it's very interesting we also have more genetic material from gut bacteria gut microbes than we do human genes in our body which is fascinating and we have about 3 plus pounds of microbiome, of gut mm-hmm. microbes in us that are all operating to either bring us health or dysfunction mm-hmm. based on um, whether they're the good guys or the bad guys in our gut. And it, mm-hmm. that's dependent upon the food we're eating. And ha- I'm guessing that you and your listeners have had a gut feeling before. Is that true? <laughs> hey, nice <laughs> right? pun. I like it. <laughs> right? But it's so true. You know, people think that they always make decisions from their brain, right? Mm-hmm. And and people mm-hmm. believe that, no, 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 I'm going to, this is logical or this is rational. I've got to think this through. But often we're making decisions from our gut. Mm -hmm. We're making decisions because the bacteria in our gut want something. Mm -hmm. They might crave a certain food. They might need a certain nutrient in order to help Mm -hmm. our body make a certain nutrient. Mm -hmm. So there are certain amino acids that we can't make, we have to consume. There are certain... Um, things that are precursors to different kinds of um, uh, chemicals in our body that we need that our gut helps us produce and we need to eat something in order to make that happen. Well, the bad guys in our gut can also crave things Mm -hmm. and it's as if they're thinking for us and they inspire our behavior. We may be reaching for sugar a lot because we're craving sugar because we have too much candida in our gut or we may walk into a room or be around a person who might be creepy and we get a gut feeling about them (laughs) and that's our gut too in a way Mm -hmm. and and so it's Mm -hmm. important to listen to all of these aspects of ourselves and and get to know them and so we can better discern is that a feeling or a desire or a craving that's coming because i i need to balance something out Is my body speaking to me in such a way, or am I really supposed to eat the gallon of ice cream, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and it's just, if we pay attention and wake up to awaken (laughs) to these different parts of our brain brain and our gut brain, then we can, we can live a much more vibrant and integrated fun life. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
so true. That's very, very true. By the way, you're listening to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio, our podcast available on Apple's iTunes, Stitches Radio, Blueberry Podcasting, TuneIn Radio, Mixcloud, and Google Play. I'm Johnny Tan, your host, and my guest this morning is Kristen Grace McGarry. Kristen Grace is an internationally recognized author and speaker on health and lifestyle. She is an authority on autoimmunity and functional blood chemistry analysis, thyroid and gut health, alleviating pain, and using food as medicine. Kristen Grace offers more than two decades of education, clinical experience, and wisdom to her patients weaving dozens of modalities together. Her mind, body, and spirit approach to healthcare empowers them to revitalize and reconnect to their most brilliant self. Kristen Grace and I are having a conversation about her remarkable life's journey and how you can transform yourself into the healthy, vibrant you from her recently released book, Holistic Cato, for Gut Health, a program for resetting your metabolism. Kristen Grace, let's talk about your book. Why did you decide to write Holistic Cato for Gut Health? Mm. Well, I was noticing that many of my patients were struggling around Mm -hmm. food and self-sustenance and taking care of themselves. And I, I was making lots of recommendations that were based on labs. So mm-hmm. I have a very unique way of looking at a lab, and my reference ranges are different. They're tighter, more narrow. So I find things that are subclinical before people have a diagnosed disease from their Western medical doctor. And I use food often to guide people into uh, altering their biochemistry and feeling vibrant and full of energy. And I decided I wanted to write a book about that, that I thought it would be a way to impact more people, to empower more people, to give them something to, to reference, to give them mm-hmm. great recipes, to, to mix science and soul around food. And I was also using food in my own life as medicine. And I wanted to share what had worked for me and hundreds and hundreds of my patients. That's very, very interesting. Very, very interesting. What is the difference between cathogenic, paleo, and primal? Oh, okay. Yeah, great question, Johnny. Well, paleo and primal tend to have higher protein, moderate fat, and Mm -hmm. vegetables, but they incorporate a lot more starchy carbohydrate vegetables like sweet potatoes, the mm-hmm. ratios of fat to protein to carbohydrates are very different than a ketogenic diet. And I believe, as we've been speaking, food is medicine mm-hmm. and that there's right. not necessarily a one-size-fits-all. I think paleo and primal diets, for the most part, um, are often really, really beneficial to a lot of people. I actually began um, with a paleo uh, primal sort of diet myself in my own life and received a lot of benefit. And from there, I learned about ketogenic. 
And Mm -hmm. a ketogenic diet is based, it was discovered by a Western physician in the 1920s. It was being used therapeutically to treat children that had seizure disorders. And what they found Mm -hmm. is on a ketogenic type diet, these children often would stop having seizures or at least greatly reduce the number of seizures they experienced. And that was a profound aha because a ketogenic diet is a high-fat diet, low to no carb with moderate protein. And it's not necessarily calorie-restricted for people who are losing or desiring to release weight because Mm -hmm. fats can have a lot of calories. But where it is restrictive is, is with carbohydrates. Now, that's the general difference, but my book is not uh, based on a standard uh, ketogenic diet. It's what Mm -hmm. I have, well, it's based on that, but it's not that. So I created holistic keto for gut health, which is a different approach to the ketogenic diet and lifestyle. It's not only about food. It's also about healing the gut. And it's not only how food heals the gut, but it's also about how lifestyle heals your gut. And I also incorporate how you think and feel and how that impacts Mm -hmm. your gut and how to work with that. So it's a very, very comprehensive approach. It's not just here, eat differently, which most ketogenic programs are. And one of the main differences with my holistic keto versus the typical keto that people are using right now is that the typical keto incorporates inflammatory foods that can damage your gut. And my holistic keto omits those foods and then adds other foods that are more beneficial to your gut. I think the best thing to do is not to eat anything. (laughs) (laughs) We'll become breastarians. We'll just I breathe. know. <laughs> just plug in a battery. That's it. Hey, life is good. <laughs> I understand exactly what you're talking about. I mean, it's it's amazing when you look at its entirety. I think, you know, our our body is a, a factory in itself and a chemical factory at that. So coming back to what I was talking about in terms of you cannot create order without creating disorder somewhere else because it is a closed system in some ways. It's a, it's amazing on how complex and yet it can be simplified if we were just to pay attention to what we can do. Now, having said that, are all carbs and fats bad for us? Well, they're different. I'm glad mm-hmm. you bring this up because not all fat is created equally, and not all carbohydrates are created equally. (laughs) And some of them are not so great for us. Whether you're keto or not, whether you're paleo or not, it doesn't mean that uh, um, partially hydrogenated fat would Mm -hmm. be a health food. It's absolutely not, and science has proven this, although partially hydrogenated fats are in a lot of processed packaged foods, which Mm -hmm many people in America buy and consume. Mm -hmm. And although we're one of the wealthiest, the wealthiest nation in the world, we're also one of the sickest. 
and we have the highest rate of obesity, cardiovascular disease, cancer, and diabetes. And that's often, for the most part, due to what we're eating and mm-hmm. how we're living. So there are good fats. Some mm-hmm. of the good fats that I talk about in my book are things like avocado, coconut mm-hmm. oil, mm-hmm. grapeseed oil. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are also the bad fats I talk about like soy oil, corn oil, rape seed oil. And there are also carbohydrates that can be really, really good for us. And there are carbohydrates that are not so good for us. Carbohydrates that are sugar, for example. Sugar is a carbohydrate. Even honey is a sugar that's a carbohydrate. And a lot of people think, oh, honey's good for us. Or, oh, agave is a great alternative Mm -hmm. to table sugar. Not necessarily. Mm -hmm. Agave is highly, highly processed. It's not a good carbohydrate for us. And the way that it's processed in our liver actually causes more uh, metabolic toxins for our body. And a lot of people are surprised mm-hmm. to read about that. They think, no, I thought this was a good carbohydrate, a good <laughs> sweetener, a good sugar, a good alternative, right. but it's not. So I go through all of that in the book. And depending on who you talk to, um, mm-hmm. people argue about carbohydrates like grains, for example, mm-hmm. rice, for example. Some people strongly believe that Whole grains are very good for us and very important. But when Mm -hmm. we look at um, human development on the planet, how we evolved on the planet, that it was when we began to be an agricultural society where we were growing our own food and we were started growing grains Mm -hmm. on the planet that certain diseases began. And I even cite one um, study in my book. They were looking at um, unentombed mummies um, Mm -hmm. from Mm -hmm. Egypt and uh, also Persia. And they discovered that when they introduced grains into their society, they started to get hardening of the arteries And they could tell this in the mommies. It was fascinating. So grains are not necessarily great for humans, just genetically. Like we don't, we could argue beliefs, but if we look at our genes and look at our evolution, if we had only eaten vegetables and grains, it would have been impossible for our brains to develop the way that they developed. It took Mm -hmm. protein and fat to -hmm. develop the way we have. Mm -hmm. And I I can feel vegan and vegetarian and raw foodies in the audience right now cringing. I feel for you. (laughs) I've eaten all of those ways. Mm -hmm. And, And I love you no matter what. And... An argument that I often hear, Johnny, that I'd love to share with you is, well, look at a gorilla. Gorillas Mm -hmm. are so big and strong. They can make muscle Mm -hmm. from eating only plants. Mm -hmm. 
And what's unfortunate about that argument is that it's not based in science because gorillas have a very different digestive system than humans. Mm -hmm. Like cows have a very different digestive system and elephants have a Mm -hmm. very different digestive system. And gorillas have very special microbes in their gut that are geared toward digesting pounds Mm -hmm. of cellulose from plant material. We do not have that same quantity or kind of microbes in our gut to, to be able to digest all of that plant material. Now, we can mm-hmm. digest some, and some of it's good for us, and we have the capability of digesting some, but that's not how our gut is set up. We didn't evolve to only do that. Our brains actually suffer when we do fat-free and when we uh, avoid proteins that are from animal products. And, mm-hmm. yes, there's a rare person here and there or someone in an ashram who is not um, functioning in the regular world, I call it, because they're in meditation Mm -hmm. for 12 hours a day and they're not uh, moving their body much, they're not needing to think or Mm problem-solve much. Um, They they require a different different, uh, nutritional program. Uh, A bodybuilder might require a different nutritional program. And there are successful vegan bodybuilders, not arguing Mm -hmm. that. And I would love to look at their labs (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and their genetic profile because genes also play a role in how our muscles develop. And Mm -hmm. so it's unique and individualized. And I like to honor that. And I also like to honor science and our evolution and, um, and work with individuals not to change what they think or mm-hmm. believe, but to empower them to expand their beliefs so that they can make a conscious choice from a place of education and wisdom rather than reacting from something they learned that may or may not actually be true. So Mm -hmm. I never want to convince someone, no, you're wrong, but I want to help people expand their mind and their awareness so that maybe they stay vegetarian or vegan. No problem. I can work with that. But I like them to look at their lab, to look at what their body is telling them. And if they're having a lot of symptoms or they're anemic on their lab, let's address that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very, very interesting. And you mentioned about the fact that protein and fat contribute to being someone being a genius because I was doing a triple somersault at that time, you know, so (laughs) (laughs) now I know how I I became a genius. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) That's terrific. It's amazing. Your book covers a lot of topics. What I like about the book is that it has also wonderful, wonderful recipes. And I as I mentioned, the book has been has been created beautifully. Tremendous amount of information, tremendous amount of work that you have put into it. And this is something, if nothing else, uh, for someone like me, it's a reference book to kind of either validate what I'm thinking about that I'm eating correctly or 
that I can make minor adjustments to really help me to really take my physical being to the next level. Yes, yes. I'd say physical and mental being. Mm -hmm. There's Mm -hmm. a whole chapter on contemplative journaling exercises where I invite the reader to dive into various kinds of inquiry around themselves and food and self-sustenance and our beliefs, how we were raised, what are the cultural influences, the cultural uh, variables that have informed how we eat. Are we Mm -hmm. eating for comfort? Are we stuffing our emotions? Are we eating in front of the television or some (laughs) other screen on our computer? Are we eating with other people? Are we eating alone? Do we say a prayer before we eat or a blessing? All of Mm -hmm. these factors influence our choices. And I believe Mm -hmm. that as informed consumers, we can better discern and nourish our body, minds, and souls in a, in a healthier, more fun, vibrant way. And so I wanted to tie that into the nutritional part, the scientific part, the Asian medical part, and the <laughs> recipes, because I felt it, it was important. And I also added lifestyle aspects like hydration and, and exercise and sleep and rest. Because I I feel a lot of people who are doing keto or doing gut repair are not actually considering all these other pieces. So many people Mm -hmm. come to me and they're dehydrated. And they they say, oh, well, I drink filtered water. But the filter they're using is reverse osmosis and they're not actually hydrating from it well because of uh, reverse osmosis puts water under great pressure and pushes it through this little these little pores and it changes the structure of the water and i'm just hypothesizing i believe it then Mm -hmm, is mm -hmm. less capable of hydrating the person because i see so many people who claim to drink a gallon of reverse osmosis water every day but their labs (laughs) look like they're dehydrated and that confuses me (laughs) so i don't think they're all lying to me right right you know so i go into all of these um, details in the book so that people can go back and reference it. They can share the information with their family and friends and, and they can reference the, all the different recipes. Um, I have recipes that have various options so that they're mm-hmm. not all strict keto, but they can be made to be strict keto. They can be mm-hmm. made to be strict gut repair or not strict gut repair. Mm-hmm. I wanted to give people options so that they could explore food and have, have fun. Mm-hmm. So true. You're listening to Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio, our podcast available on Apple's iTunes, Stitches Radio, Blueberry Podcasting, TuneIn Radio, Mixcloud, and Google Play. My guest is Kristen Grace McGray. Kristen Grace is an internationally recognized author and speaker on health and lifestyle. She is an authority on autoimmunity and functional blood chemistry analysis, thyroid and gut health alleviating pain, and using food as medicine. Kristen Grace offers more than two decades of education, clinical experience, and wisdom to her patients, wavering weavering dozens of modalities together. Her mind, body, and spirit approach to healthcare empowers them to revitalize and reconnect to their most brilliant self. 
Chris and Grace and I are having a conversation about her remarkable life's journey and how you can transform yourself into the healthy, vibrant you from her recently released book, Holistic Keto for Gut Health, a program for resetting your metabolism. I'm your host, Johnny Tan. Chris and Grace, what is the story on gluten and also on lactin? Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's start with, with gluten. Oh, uh, this is a, a debate between some people mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. Uh, the gluten that they're eating in the United States may seem different than the gluten they're eating, say, in Europe. And I know people who go to Europe, and I lived in France for a while, um, mm-hmm. who say that they don't do well with the gluten in the United States, but they go to Europe, and they can eat it just fine. <laughs> and it doesn't cause <laughs> any problems. <laughs> well, it may not cause the same problems. It is different, and there may be fewer glyphosates, uh, fewer chemicals that uh, maybe fewer GMO'd uh, wheat mm-hmm. products in the UK, but that doesn't mean it's still a health food. It doesn't mean it's still good for you. It does not mean it's still nutrient-dense and important mm-hmm. for your body to function optimally. In fact, it's quite the opposite of that. If you've ever made bread then you know how gooey it is. You understand it's like stretchy and like, ooh, gooey and (laughs) rubbery. Well, it's like that in your intestines as well. And it's very hard to break it down. And it's, I call it a goo food. (laughs) (laughs) Why would you ever want to put that in your body? I understand Mm -hmm. it tastes nice. I understand your mouth wants it. I understand it helps you feel full. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's good for optimal health. It, even if you don't have celiac disease, which is a, mm-hmm. an autoimmune disease, uh, um, a disease that means you can't have gluten ever because it causes all sorts of problems in your body. Um, physician, Western medical physicians think that celiac disease is only a disease of the small intestine, but Western mm-hmm. science has also proven it, that's not true and that um, every organ in your body, especially your brain, is impacted by gluten if you have celiac. And there are people that have a diagnosis of celiac disease that it is not in their small intestine. It is in other places in their body. And the science is out there, but a lot of physicians are not reading it. And so even if you don't have celiac, even if you don't have something called non-celiac gluten sensitivity, Uh, Mm -hmm. it's still not good for you. It still causes inflammation. Mm -hmm. And people who are sensitive to gluten, I hear this often when people are new patients, they come in, well, yes, I'm sensitive. I get this symptom or I get that symptom. So I just have a little bit. And what I've learned from the research is Mm -hmm. that, uh, and I tell all my patients this, is if you look at your pinky nail and you, you divide that pinky nail into eighths, uh, eight little parts, and you look at one-eighth of your pinky nail, that is the amount of gluten you need to create inflammation and a cytokine response, an immune system reaction that is inflammatory and tissue destructive in nature that can last 9 to 12 months. So if you're just a little sensitive to gluten, it only takes an eighth of the size of your pinky nail to cause 
potential tissue damage that can be ongoing for months after you've consumed it. Mm-hmm. So why do that to yourself? Why, it's like I would never have a sip of bleach. I know that sounds extreme, but for people who have any level of sensitivity to gluten, a little bit is too much. And what happens is that little bit, month after month, year after year, causes the immune system to go wonky, and then you get Mm -hmm. an autoimmune issue. And so people who have started off and they have, say, allergies to the environment, that's immune dysfunction. Let's say they have um, gas and bloating. Let's say they have chemical sensitivity. There's things going on with the immune system that shows me it's already wonky. And then you start eating gluten and dairy and foods that are proven to cause more immune dysfunction, and you continue to eat them long-term, even just a little bit. And over time, you're going to have problems, like an autoimmune disease, like even cancer. Cancer is immune dysfunction. And so I educate my my patients on mm-hmm. gluten and how to build their self-love to find an alternative, to have the courage to say, hey, that's not actually good for my body. Why am I going to put that in my mouth? Oh, am I searching for comfort? Am I feeling hungry and I'm looking for a quick fix because I didn't plan my day well? Whatever it is, empowering and educating people to the dangers of gluten and how it's in so many foods and it's hidden. So we need to get informed as consumers. We need to vote with what we purchase so that more and more food companies and manufacturers stop hiding it in foods and start labeling things gluten-free and omitting it from their foods Mm -hmm. because it's often used as thickeners and such. So that's the bit about gluten. Gluten is goo food. Even if you're not sensitive, even if you don't react to it, it's not a health food. It's not good for you, and it causes some level of inflammation in the gut, which eventually will Mm -hmm. affect Mm -hmm. every other part of your body and your brain. So that's my spiel on gluten. (laughs) (laughs) It's just not a health food. Why eat it? Right, right. The and next other... you mentioned lectins. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, Let's talk about lectins because that's yeah. the other thing that everybody seems to be looking at labels and says, you know, okay, does this have that and, and, and so forth. So I'm curious for the public in terms of what's the story behind that and how can it help uh, basically yeah. our gut. Yes. Well, when we remove the foods that cause inflammation – Mm-hmm. That's a really important step. But then we have to add the foods that are also anti-inflammatory and antioxidant mm-hmm. and give us the right amino acid profiles in order to help with tissue mm-hmm. repair, in order to help with gut repair. And we also have to look at our lifestyle and our mm-hmm. if we're having an inflammatory lifestyle, do we have inflammatory relationships? These are all important factors. Now, mm-hmm. lectins... This is this is a, 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 a something that is in all grains, mm-hmm. all legumes, 
all nuts. And so people who are living off of, say, beans and rice, thinking that Mm -hmm. that's a whole protein, are often getting a lot of lectins. And lectins are called anti-nutrients, basically. Lectins can uh, leach out um, healthy nutrients from the body. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Lectins cause a lot of inflammation. And lectins actually produce certain chemicals that will halt the lining of your small intestine from repairing itself. And I talk about this in the book quite a bit as well, in my first Mm -hmm. book, Mm -hmm. Holistic Keto for Gut Health. Um, Because I think it's really important. People are taught from the media, oh, no, no, beans and rice is good for you. No, no, no. These mm-hmm. these foods are good for you. You should you should eat them, and that's not necessarily the case. If you're eating lectins every day, day in day out, for two or three meals a day, <laughs> that's not necessarily healthy. And so mm-hmm. I, I address that in the in the book as well that these are kind of a kind of anti nutrients, and it's true. Not all lectins are bad for you. There are some lectins that are good for you, but for the most part. What I'm speaking to are are the lectins that aren't good for you, that are in the legumes and the grains and and the the nuts that a lot of mm-hmm. people think that they're they're doing their body a really a really good thing and they're not and they just don't know any better and they're just believing what they've read and and what the media has taught them. So I, I uncover some of those mm-hmm. pieces in the book as well. It's taking supplements good for gut health? Great question. I think it depends on the supplement. <laughs> <laughs> so, <clears throat> there was a really interesting research done um, on thousands and thousands of people. It was supposed to be, gosh, I think it was either a 10 or a 20 year. I don't remember now. I think I cite it mm-hmm. in this book or in a different book of mine. Uh, So there was this research with thousands and thousands of people, and they wanted to prove that antioxidants uh, prevented people from having cardiovascular disease and stroke. And they looked at beta carotene, Mm -hmm. vitamin E, and vitamin C. And they had a control group taking uh, these supplements, and then they had um, the group that was not taking any supplements and they tracked them for years. And I think it was either year five or year 10, halfway through the study, basically. Mm -hmm. They had to end the study, Johnny, because so many people taking the supplements were having a statistically high incident of cardiovascular disease and stroke. Well, compared to the people not taking any supplements. So they they stopped right. the study because too many people were dying. And so they went back to the drawing board. They went back to the lab and they started checking into why this could be. Because it went against what they believed they would find and they were confused. Right. And what they discovered was that synthetic beta carotene, synthetic vitamin E, and synthetic vitamin C made in a lab actually 
caused inflammation and induced cardiovascular disease and stroke. Mm -hmm. So the question is, what kind of vitamins are you actually taking? Because it makes a difference. And I learned this from sitting next to a pharmacist um, at an airport years ago, that Mm -hmm. in the United States, a product only needs to have 10% of its ingredients natural to be labeled all natural. Wow. I'm screwed up, and a lot of consumers don't know this, and they're yeah. trusting going into their, you know, corner pharmacy or their, mm-hmm. you know, gigantic bulk store. I won't mention any names, and picking up their <laughs> omega fish oils and picking up their vitamin yeah. C and vitamin E, and it's synthetic junk, and it's causing more harm than good. Yeah. And so, yes, certain vitamins, certain supplements are important for gut health. For example, L-glutamine. L-glutamine mm-hmm. acts like spackle to the leaky gut. It can be amazing. Now, if you have cancer, you don't necessarily want to take L-glutamine. There's some research mm-hmm. showing that L-glutamine uh, can feed cancer. So, But other than that, L-glutamine can be amazing for your gut. Vitamin E, vitamin C, if they're natural and not synthetically derived, are great antioxidants. And I personally like a liposomal delivery system. This is a liquid that has a fat. It's, it's um, the supplement, the nutrient, the vitamin is in a mm-hmm. fat molecule so that it bypasses digestion and goes right into your cell wall. And that's a great way. Then the vitamin gets put into the cell right where it needs it instead of going through a digestive tract that may or may not actually be absorbing properly. And so, yes, certain supplements can be very good for you and other supplements not so much. I like, I prefer food-based supplements Mm -hmm. that are natural and real and have tens of thousands of phytonutrients, phytochemicals, Mm -hmm. plant-based chemicals in them. Uh, Mm -hmm. I love those. (laughs) (laughs) Very, very interesting. It was, it's definitely very uh, enlightening information. And of course, your book covers much more than that. It covers all the different things I'm looking at right now. Pomegranates, for example, I'm having, uh, I think I have like almost a gallon of pomegranates in my refrigerator right now that I'm about to drink for this week. So I'm really excited about the fact that how wonderful these products are for your body. Uh, Having said that, what would you like for the readers to gain from holistic keto for gut health? Mm, I would like readers to gain empowerment Mm -hmm. and expanding your knowledge base so that you can better discern what's good for your body and good for your life Mm -hmm. and to not just take anyone's word for it, but learn to ask the right (laughs) questions Mm -hmm. (laughs) and have fun. I would like Mm -hmm. readers to, to walk away from this book feeling inspired, empowered and excited about food and about health and about their life. Beautiful. The book is a wonderful reference book as well. 
by my dad because you have so much information and it's easy to read. I think that's the most important thing because a lot of books, they tend to get low dry afterwards. And your book somehow, it's very engaging. And I could feel as I go through the pages, your passion in wanting to help people with their health. Thank you, Johnny. Thanks. That means a lot. Where can someone go to get more information about you, your books, and keep up with your latest happenings? Mm, yes, my website is guthappyketo.com. That's G-U-T-H-A-P-P-Y-K-E-T-O.com. And I have blogs and I have recipes and all sorts of information on my website. Wonderful. Please tell us about your upcoming book, Know Your Blood, Know Your Health, Prevent Disease, and Enjoy Vibrant Health Through Functional Blood Chemistry Analysis. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited for this book to come out. It comes out April 7th, and it's off to print right now. And I just, I'm so excited. So it's about functional (laughs) blood chemistry analysis, which could be a very dry and boring subject. And (laughs) I make it fun. (laughs) And it's really empowering readers about their labs and about Western medicine. And I love Western medicine. I I really value the skill set of physicians and what Western medicine has to offer us. But it's also very, very, very limited and partial. And your lab is also very limited and partial. And so I go into the science um, around labs just a little bit. And more so, Mm -hmm. I go into what you should be looking for on your lab so that you become a more empowered consumer, so that you know what questions to ask your doctor. You know which labs to ask for. And Mm -hmm. if if your insurance doesn't cover it, how to advocate for yourself and how to look for patterns in your labs um, and what to do about it. I then give my Mm -hmm. recommendations. Hey, if you see this and this, um, that Mm -hmm. means you have a subclinical this and you can do that about it. So it really gives people practical uh, ideas, practical Mm -hmm. things that they can do to improve their health and their life based on a a lab report. I go into... um, the difference between conventional labs and their reference ranges and functional reference ranges and where they came from and why they're inadequate and why people are falling through the cracks of Western medicine and their doctor says nothing's wrong. See, everything's normal in your lab, but people still have a lot of symptoms. And mm-hmm. I go, I explain all of that in detail. And I also have a lot of different um, fun um, uh, 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 patient stories where I -hmm. explain, hey, I saw this person's lab. This is what was going on with them. They fell through the cracks of Western medicine. Here's what we discovered, and here's what they did about it, and and here's how they got better. So I also share those stories, which I I enjoy doing, and um, I think it helps inspire others to Mm -hmm. better understand how the body can heal. You just have to give it what it what it needs. Fantastic. As we end the hour, since our show is about people, family, and living life, 
would you like to share a recipe for living with our listeners this morning? Mm-hmm. Yes, I'd love to. A recipe for living. Hmm. I would say a recipe for living would be to open your eyes, open your heart, and open your mind to the diverse and amazing world around us, to reflect inside, to heighten awareness of who we are and how we are in this magnificent world and get to know how other people are, get to know our differences and be with that and love and appreciate all of those differences and all of those variables and varieties we have around us and shine our brightest selves. So beautiful, very beautiful. Kristen Grace, thank you for the great recipe for living and for spending this hour with me on my Thomas Kitchen Talk Radio. To all our listeners, please join me in two weeks, Tuesday morning, February 4th. My guest will be Amy Newmark, the publisher and editor-in-chief for Chicken Soup for the Soul. Amy and I will be having a conversation about their latest release, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Belief in Miracles, 101 Stories of Hope, Answered Prayers, and Divine Intervention. For additional information about this show and future shows, please go to fmmktalkradio.com. Thank you for listening and have a very blessed week. Chris and Grace, it has been a true pleasure. Thank you again and have a very blessed new year. Thank you, Johnny. It is such a pleasure to have been here with you as well. Thank you so much. And yes, you too have a blessed and amazing year. Thank you. Bye-bye.